Happy Mother's Day, too. I, I tell you what, God has called us all to be spiritual mothers and fathers. Amen. So on Mother's Day, I just love to celebrate the spirit of mothering that is in every heart of every woman in this place. So can we give it up for the women today? Happy Mother's Day to you, because I know you have a mother's heart. And so we celebrate that today. Um, I know this is a hard day for some of you. I've already spoken and prayed with some of you, and um, my heart goes out to you. You know what? We love you. And um, for some reason or another, if this is a hard day, um, just come and just get fed by Jesus. I know John lost his mom in, in February. Um, I lost my mom four years ago. This, this, this is a tough day. Um, but we, you know what? We love Jesus. He's faithful, and we have the blessed hope, don't we? Amen. That he makes all things good and all things new and all things right. So today we're going to just have a little bit of fun and talk about seasons of growing that affect every single one of us in this room. And so we thought we might have a little extra fun and bring on this, the pastoral um, wives today to share and preach together, do a little tag team preaching. And um, we realized when we started to talk about this message and develop it, we're all at such a different, unique, beautiful season um, in our lives, in our own lives, even in mothering. So just like the seasons that the year will bring, so often our spiritual lives go through seasons too, right? And so today what we want to talk to you about is recognizing that season, recognizing that season that God has you in right now. And we believe that God has a word for you today. How many of you believe that? Can you say amen? Amen. So with that, I want to introduce to you, um, to kick us off today, the one who gave me the best title ever, and that is mom, my firstborn, Clarice Trimmer. Woo! Thank you. Well, good morning, Abundant Life. It's so good to be with you this morning. Happy Mother's Day. Oh, I just see so many moms here and smiling faces, and your kids are with you. This is awesome. I am so honored that I get to share the stage with my mom today. Um, this is a really special day. Um, well, as she said, my name is Claire. Um, I'm married to Pastor Ben, and we've been married for five years this coming July. And, you know, I'm not a mama to a human baby yet, but I am a mama to a fur baby named Stella, I know it's not the same thing. Like, look how cute she is. Like, she's adorable. I know it's not the same thing. Don't send the email. It's fine. Um, it's totally not the same responsibility. But um, we also have our spiritual baby, and that is Abundant Life Clearbrook. Clearbrook, I am missing you guys today. I love you. I love my Clearbrook family. If you haven't been out there, come check us out because it just feels like home. So jumping right in, our theme verse today is Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So much of motherhood parallels that of sowing and reaping. But before we are able to sow and reap a harvest, we must prepare. While I'm not preparing to be a mother yet, I do have plans and dreams that are my own right now. You know, I have a dream to become a PA, and so motherhood's on hold. But God's given me that dream, and I feel like that's, he's ordained that. So, but when I become a mom, you know, I'm going to have the perfect children, right? You know, they, I just, this is something I dream about. I'm going to have the perfect kids. They're going to eat all organic, even if it's their boogers, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I am going, they're going to behave themselves, especially when I go to Target and I just need some retail therapy, right? They're not going to scream in the store. No, that's never going to happen. And they're going to worship the ground I walk on, right? 
motherhood and dreaming about motherhood is so, so fun. But right now, God has me focusing on the dream that he's placed inside of me. So I'm embarking on that journey. And you know what? If you're not a mother, please don't tune out because I'm speaking to you right now. I promise this applies to everyone. You know, so often I hear people say, God wants a willing vessel. And while I believe this to be absolutely true, I also believe that God wants a wise vessel as well. What I mean by this is God wants someone to carry out the vision who has a plan in mind. You know, preparation is important because it sets the precedent for the rest of the process. And in preparation truly is a process. So what does this mean for our lives? And you're saying, how is this applicable to me? Proverbs 24, 27 says, prepare your work outside and get everything ready for yourself in the field. And after that, build your house. Why is this important? This scripture shows that God honors establishing priorities and proceeding with the plan and will reward us when we follow through. In the first stage of preparation, we have to make sure that the foundation on which we intend to plant has good soil. Just as a farmer would, we have to go out into that field and we have to inspect the soil to ensure that what is planted will actually grow. So if you're thinking about motherhood, this may mean evaluating, hey, are my spouse and I ready to have a baby? Are we ready for that? Because that's important. Or if you're thinking about this in terms of your dream, am I financially capable to tackle that dream right now? Next we must fertilize the soil. The fertilization process of farming is key because it adds the necessary ingredients that the soil may be lacking. And ultimately, it prepares the soil for the seed. Now, um, I'm sure if you're looking at this through the lens of motherhood, you may think, hey, fertilization, bounce chicka, wah, wah, hey, hey. Um, go with that, that's, that's great. Um, <laughs> If you're thinking about this in terms of your dreams, think about, hey, what can I do to break down the steps of this huge dream so that way I can more easily accomplish it? One of the most difficult aspects of the preparation phase is that a lot of work is being done, but no fruit is being produced from our labor. You know, we cannot see any progress being made, and this can be extremely discouraging at times. I love how the New King James Version of our theme verse lays it out because it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I love this because Jesus knew that we may get discouraged along the journey, but he encourages us not to lose heart because what is coming will be worth it. And this preparation, this is why the preparation phase is so important. I believe that the preparation and dreaming phase can help carry us through some of the difficult times, thinking back to those dreams and then thinking forward to the future. So if you're in this season of dreaming and preparing, don't lose heart. Because in due season and in God's perfect timing, the harvest will come. Awesome. Awesome, Claire. Well, good morning. My name is Megan, and I'm married to Pastor Mike, the youth and outreach pastor here. Um, we've been married six years this month. Wow, it went by fast, huh? <laughs> um, we have two boys, a three-year-old and a one-year-old, David and Duke. And um, I'm kind of in that early, early season of motherhood, the pregnancy and birth and baby preschool, you know, that fun, fun stage. And um, it wasn't that long ago, though, that I remember being in Claire's stage. And 
Oh, I remember it so well. <laughs> I remember all the dreams I had, all the expectations, you know, what my kids were going to look like, how they were going to act, and what kind of a mom I was going to be, and the things I would never, ever do, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, I've got to say it doesn't look like that at all, at all. So, sorry, Claire, just kind of popped your bubble there <laughs> a little bit. Um, but, you know, first, I, I just feel like I need to say I love my children. I love my kids so much, and I love being a mom. But I, I really didn't realize how hard this season was going to be in the beginning. I didn't know how challenging it could be. And I heard other moms sharing, and I would hear them talking about their struggles. And, but I, I seriously remember thinking, well, that's not going to happen to me. You know, my kid would never do that. I would never do that. It, it'll just, it's going to look different for me. But it doesn't. No, they were right. They were right all along. <laughs> and um, I think from just the very beginning, you know, as moms, our, our dreams and expectations are just kind of shattered simply from pregnancy, simply from childbirth. Because, oh, first of all, childbirth hurts, okay? It, it hurts a lot. When women say it hurts, it hurts, okay? Sorry again, Claire. It hurts. <laughs> but um, and not only that, I mean, it just... Childbirth never goes according to plan. I mean, if you know me, I like to have a plan. So I had this birth plan written out. It was like two, like two pages, single spaced. It was typed. It was laminated. It was in my bag. It like had everything that I wanted for our birth. Like there was going to be essential oils diffusing in the background. You know, there was like going to be dim lights and peaceful music. Like just this beautiful, peaceful environment to welcome our child into the world. And you know, needless to say, I'm sure you already know it didn't work like that at all. The birth plan never left the bag. And um, actually, David came really fast, and Mike was here at the church running a big, giant youth event. And if it wasn't for you, Kristen, if, if it wasn't for Kristen um, literally convincing Mike to just leave and come with me to the hospital, he would have missed the entire birth. But it would have probably been for the best, though, because Mike almost passed out. He was, like, this close. Uh, he doesn't do well with blood. And he's still traumatized. He still talks about the horrors of that day. But... And then, um, you know, when it comes to actually raising the kids, like, okay, I've got to bring this baby home and take care of it. Like, wow, tiring, okay? <laughs> Motherhood is tiring. I realize that. It's very tiring. It's very messy. I mean, our house, like, I've just kind of given up in a lot of ways. Like, every surface is sticky, and I hope it's food. I really do just hope it's peanut butter. But it's probably, like, snot or something like that, or I, I don't even want to know. But, um, you know, even deeper than that, though, I didn't realize some of the struggles in motherhood I'd be facing would be loneliness. Motherhood can be so lonely at times. You know, I didn't realize how many insecurities that were in myself that would just rise to the surface through all the challenges of motherhood. I didn't realize how deep the pain would be of unexpectedly losing a pregnancy. I didn't realize how many times I'd be asking myself at night, am I doing anything right? Am I doing anything right? Because it just feels like I'm messing up all the time. And I don't think you have to be a mother to experience some of the things that, that I'm talking about. I don't think you have to be a mother to be in that season where, you know, you're experiencing something new and it's different than what you thought and your expectations aren't quite being met. You know, feelings of stress, of, t of tiredness, of loneliness, of loss, discouragement, fear, those are all things that some of us are experiencing right now in whatever our season is. And in during this stage, God has really been placing the verse that we're talking about today on my heart. And it's, again, it's Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, for me, it's really easy for me to make excuses for myself and to grow weary, you know, especially when I haven't had a full night's sleep in 
I don't know when, years, <laughs> you know, since before I became a mom. But, you know, when I'm reminded that I'm going to reap a harvest of the things that I'm sowing, it really encourages me to make sure, am I sowing into the right things? You know, I found that I just, I grow weary so quickly when I'm sowing into the wrong things. You know, things like unrealistic expectations that I've set for myself or for my family or, you know, my kids. You know, I found that I need to make sure that I'm using my time wisely to sow into the things that really matter. You know, the things that have an eternal impact. Using my time to make sure I'm planting seeds and developing my kids' character, even while they're so young. And making sure that I'm, I'm setting an example to them of what God's love looks like. And making sure that I'm also sowing into our marriage and sowing into myself. You know, during those days or those weeks where I just, I can feel it. I feel myself growing weary. I've learned that I need to just stop right there and, and just kind of stop from mentally giving up. Because this verse shows us that we have a choice kind of to make. You know, we can allow ourselves to grow weary or we can do some practical things to prevent that from happening. And so, I mean, Mike has gotten a call a lot because I've learned I need to just communicate my feelings. So here they are, you know, and I've said things like, you know, when you get home, I'm taking our dog, I'm going for a walk and I'm never coming back. So <laughs> deal with it. <laughs> but Really, it's just 20 minutes around the block, you know, just to clear my head. But also, it's, oh my goodness, it's putting down the phone. And this really, this goes for anybody out there listening. Nothing can make us grow weary faster than when we're comparing, you know, our lives, our circumstances to what other people are doing on social media. It can really be poisonous if we allow it to kind of get there. But most importantly, it's making sure that my heart is right with God, making sure that I'm spending time reading, spending time journaling, spending time praying. You know, what little time I have to myself, am I using it wisely to make sure that my heart is, is on track with God? And to be, you know, reminding myself to be faithful in this role that God has given me in this season. Because I want to make sure that, you know, I am going to reap a harvest. And what harvest am I going to reap? I want to make sure that it's, you know, a harvest of seeds that were sown of someone who didn't do it perfectly at all, but somebody who didn't give up when it got hard. You know, someone who put God first, someone who cared more about the heart of their family than the appearance, and somebody, you know, who just continued to just strive after the calling that God has placed on me. And I just pray that, you know, as I'm trying to be faithful in this short but tough season, that God will be preparing me for whatever's next, for that next season in life. And uh, coming up to talk a little bit about that more is beautiful Sarah. Good morning. Um, my name is Sarah, and I am married to Pastor Ryan. He's the musical genius you usually see up here on stage or at Clearbrook, and he is in Clearbrook this morning, so hey, babe. Um, we have been married for 14 years, and we have two girls. Lana is eight, and Audrey is six. And Megan is in boy world, but I am in girl world, and it's different. And I always thought I would have boys because I have three brothers growing up, and so I knew boys. I could handle boys. I get it. Give me the boys. But no, that's not how it worked. God saw fit for me to drown in pink glitter. So here we are. That's what we're doing. And I can say, Megan, it gets better. I promise you, little by little, it gets better. And all the other moms in the house who know, amen. Um, so my mothering job has just transitioned a little bit from keeping everybody alive to now seeing a little bit of fruit and the time and the commitment and the consistency and the mind-numbing routines are finally starting to pay off. And we're starting to see our girls flourish a little bit in their gifts and their personalities. And we are in the pruning stage. 
So real quick, I want to tell my favorite mom story. Um, my friend Amy in Wisconsin, that's where I'm from, if you can't tell, Wisconsin. She has a little boy named Jackson, and he was about six, and she was telling him to clean his room, and he didn't want to clean his room. And he said, I can't wait till I'm an adult, because then I can do whatever I want. And she said, Jackson, adults work harder than you will ever know. And he said, daddies don't. <laughs> Dads, we know you work hard, and we love you. But today's not your day, so sit down. So yes, the pruning stage is less physically exhausting for sure, but it's now changing over to more mentally and emotionally exhausting, as you can imagine with two girls. They never stop talking, and I love them. And I remember when they were babies, I used to ache to hear their little voices because I was so lonely and bored. I stayed holding with them all day, and now they never stop talking. So it's fine. We love them. But anyway, we're in the stage of keeping a good balance of letting certain things grow, but nipping some things in the bud, you know, letting them be who God created them to be, but also really wanting to cultivate those fruits of the Spirit that Galatians talks about, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we all want those things in our lives, right? And it just so happens that this is the season that I feel like I'm in in my own life, um, just starting to see some things sprouting up. And I definitely attribute who I am now to those difficult years that Megan's in now. You know, I followed my husband here happily nine years ago, and um, I didn't really know what my role was going to be in ministry outside of being a wife and a mom, and we had our first daughter right away when we moved here, so I was thrown into the trenches, and I thought that season would never end, <laughs> but it did, <laughs> and now our kids can, like, bathe themselves, and they do chores, and they're really helpful around the house, and it's great, and so Ryan and I just look at each other, and we're like, I think we're going to make it, like, we're kind of coming up for air, like, this is actually great, we're, this is good, we can do this, you know? Um, and so now I personally have just found the time and the mental capacity to do some things that I like and that I'm good at. And I'm realizing I've grown and matured in many ways in the trenches, the planting and the watering season. And I can see the things that God has put inside of me coming up out of the ground. My passions, my gifts were being pruned during those distracted years, right? Um, I was just being faithful to what was right in front of me, which was two little girls. And God was being faithful to do a work inside of me when I didn't even know it. So it's so cool. Um, John 15, 2 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so it will be even more fruitful. So I'm here to say pruning can hurt. That's cutting away. That can be really difficult. And I know we are in for more difficult years with our girls. Trust me, I know. The drama has just begun. Help me, Jesus. Um, but if you continually allow God in, he really will use any season to make you better. I truly believe that. Are there any women here who are at the Roar Conference in March? Yay, there's a couple. Awesome. It was great. And I heard this idea from three different speakers in three different sessions. God was really speaking it to me. And for those of you who have completely checked out because you're not a mom, wake up, come back to me, listen, because this applies to everybody. And it is this. The best gift you can give is the best version of who God has called you to be. I'm going to say that again. The best gift you can give to your family, to your job, to your ministry, to yourself, to God, the best gift you can give is the best version of who God has called you to be. And there's two things I want to say about that. Whatever season you're in, it's going to look different than the person next to you. Just like Megan said, no comparison. Don't do it. It's a trap. Just stay away from comparing. And number two, seek God for all of it. Where to plant, what seeds, when to water, how to prune, let him direct it and be patient. I know patience is hard, trust me, but good things take time. Amen? Amen. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs>
It was so good. I could just sit there and just stay in my seat and listen to those girls. Aren't they awesome? We have just the best staff and the best pastors, wives around. I adore each one of them. Well, I'm Kristen. I'm married to my husband, John. 26 years of marriage, three kids later, three dogs later, and we are going strong. And I'm glad to be here today with you. Um, how many of you know that um, God gives us these little seeds in our hands? And today we're talking about children specifically, but this could be anything. This could be the dream that God has placed in your heart. This could be that passion that he's put way down in your gut that you know is there. But with this tiny little seed, whatever that is, um, we do the proper preparations like Claire talked about. And we get ourselves ready for that thing that God is going to birth in us. And we don't even know sometimes what that's going to look like, do we? Sometimes we just get ready for it and we don't even know quite how it's going to look or how it's going to happen. But we pay close attention to ensure the growth and the protection like Megan talked about. We raise that little thing as best as we can, and, and pretty soon we have to st we see it growing, and we have to start pruning it like Sarah talked about. And, and we see that thing raise up, and before you know it, that little seed that you planted yesterday is full grown, right? And that's my season that I'm in, and, um, and so today I want to talk to you about that season of mothering, the harvest season, the season where what God has put in you is now full grown and is flourishing. Um, this is the season of completion. This is the season of completion, and like all the other seasons, this season has its struggles, just like we've heard in all the other seasons, and this can be difficult in the role of mothering or fathering and... Um, our kids, we've went through the teenage years. We've went now, we're in now the adult years. And this season is full of mixed emotion. How many of you are in that season right now where you're, you have some adult kids, maybe they're teenagers, you're getting there, you're almost there. It's full of mixed emotion, isn't it? You know, I, I mean, trying to balance hormones, I'm talking about our hormones, not theirs, but balancing their hormones too is, is a whole other thing. But going through midlife crisis, menopause, and raising teenagers, all at once. Holy moly. I mean, really, this is um, some hard stuff. So, oh my word, why do I have to go through menopause as my children are leaving the house? It just doesn't feel fair. Menopause is a real thing, women. And if you're struggling, talk to me because I've gotten some answers. Woo or husbands, talk to me. I'll help your wives out because it's hard. This is a hard season. You know, we give our children two sacred inheritances. We give them roots and we give them wings. You know, our goal is to raise kids to become less dependent on us and more dependent on Christ. Can I get an amen? Now, we have some pretty incredible kids. We have Clarice, who you already met. Josiah and Kyra are at Clearbrook today. Hey, kids. And, um, you know, we survived. All of us survived the teenage years. And now we are parenting adults. And uh, all our kids are adults. It's hard to believe, but it's so cool to see them now stepping into their walk with their, the Lord and their seasons with God and seeing them flourish in the things that he's put in their heart. I love being their mom. I'm so blessed to have, to have kids like this. They're just really, really great kids. And John and I get asked often for parenting advice. And um, I tell you what, we get asked what, for parenting advice because they know our kids. They've seen the fruit of our labor. They, they've seen them, and we have really good kids. And so they're like, what did you do to get that? You know, our best advice is don't do it without Jesus. 
Don't do it without Jesus. I tell you what, Jesus Christ and his word, the word of God is the foundation on everything that we do. Everything, especially our parenting. Now, I have plenty of mom fail stories that I can tell you. I picked three, one for each of the kids. They, they know who they are. Um, I've forgotten a kid at daycare once. She's okay. She's, oh, you guys, come on. She's okay, really. She survived. Um, one of them broke his hand. Okay, I have one son, so we know who that is. Um, and he, I'm like, you'll be fine. I'm kind of a suck it up cupcake type mom. And um, a week later, he's still complaining. I take him to the doctor. He busted a bone and he needed a cast. I'm like, oh man, okay. So I believe you. So mom fail. And then lastly, um, I am the worst driver passenger in the car. Like, I do this thing with my kids. I go, <gasps> and then it just, John hates it too. They just all, and so teaching them how to drive, I was the worst. So, sorry, Claire. Um, one time I actually got out of the car <laughs> while she was driving, and she's crying, Mom, get back in the car. I'm like, I can't, I can't. So, Mom fails. But you guys, this is why we need Jesus. Amen? This is why we need Jesus, because for the many times I've gotten it so very wrong, there's many times more that by His grace today, I've gotten it very, very right. So here's the thing to remember through any season, but especially this one, because we're so close to the harvest, we're so close to that finish, is good fruit doesn't just happen. Good fruit doesn't just happen in your life. Good fruit doesn't just happen in my life. And good fruit doesn't just happen in our kids' lives. We have to be intentional to prepare, like Claire talked about, and to nurture, like Megan talked about, and to prune, like Sarah talked about. And then most importantly, to speak life over that. As that thing is coming forth, that you speak the word of God into that child, that you speak life and encouragement and cheer that kid on. Amen? All right. And so, you know, in the teenage years, we've been pretty intentional to, um, in our home, to just coach our kids. You know, you move from training them up to, in the teenage years, you kind of mo move more into that coach, where you're just instilling values in them, and you're hoping when they're on their own, they'll make good choices, right? And so we move into that coaching role um, to move our kids more toward independence. And we're kind of on the sidelines, <clears throat> And we're cheering them on, and we're very much present, and we've set up good boundaries, and we're just hoping they play the game and stay in the boundaries right, right? And, and so here's a few examples that we've done in our home to just be intentional, to give good boundaries. Now, I don't want anyone to be mad at me because you might say, well, I don't agree with that. I still love you, and you can still love me, and we can disagree. Amen? Amen. So this is just what's worked for us. And just some things for one example is you live in our house, you're going to church, it's just a non it's just a non issue. You go to our you live in our house, you're gonna go to church. And you know the crazy thing about it, never once growing up with our kids has have they refuted that. Never once have they told us, Oh, well we don't wanna go to church and that's been an argument. Why? Because it's a non negotiable. It's just, it's just not even an issue. No, you you are going to church. It's not even an issue. So parents Many times we'll say, well, I don't want to make them go to church because then they won't like church. So the reason, that's hogwash. That's the enemy talking to you right there saying, no, get your kids to church where they're going to be fed. Amen? Okay. So another thing we, a rule we had in our home was we didn't allow our children to take someone of the opposite sex to their bedroom. It's just wisdom, guys. 
You say, well, do you not trust your children? Absolutely, I trust my children. But I want to remove any temptation from their life that could be there, all right? So we've banned movies from our house, we've, some movies. We've banned some TV shows from our house. We've banned some music from our house. We've removed certain words from our vocabulary in our house and not allowed them. We've um, limited friendships before because why the kids need some good wisdom sometimes they can't see the danger signs we've um, stopped boyfriends and stopped girlfriend relationships before in our kids lives and guys guess what everyone survived everyone survived and the proof really here is in is in the product right the proof is in the fruit guys parents these are safeguards to help your children and get them on the right path we're just coaching them along, and sometimes they need a little help with that. You know, one of the best things that we've done in raising our kids is just lead by example. Just, just show them how to do it. You know, children have never been very good at listening to their elders, but they've never failed to imitate them. They'll imitate them the whole way home. So I intentionally want my kids to have a prayer life. So, so how do I instill that in them? I want them to see me pray, first of all. I want them to see me pray, and when I'm praying, I want, to, I want to talk to them. Hey, guys, this is what I prayed about, and this is how God answered it. Or, guys, will you join me? I'm praying for this. Or, or maybe there's an opportunity where I can just say, hey, I want to pray for you about that. I want them to have a prayer life, and if they don't see that in action, they're not going to have one either. I want my kids to have a devotional life. So same thing is I might say, hey, I'm studying this in the Scriptures. What are you studying in the Scriptures? Let's talk about this. I want them to know that God speaks to me and God can speak to them. And, and if you're here today hearing that for the first time, do you know God can speak to you? And he does. And so I want them to be able to hear his voice and know what that sounds like. So I challenge them. Hey, what's God saying to you? What, how exciting when they come back and say, hey, mom, guess what? God spoke to me. And wow, that's so cool. See, I'm going to tell you what, helping them grow helps me grow, and it challenges me in my own life. Am I leading a life worth following? You know, the question is, is what fruit do I see? What, do, what, what fruit do I want to see? What do I want my harvest to look like? You know, the Bible makes it very, very clear. We will reap what we sow. We will reap what we sow. If we, if we plant corn, we can't expect to get apples, you're going to get what you put in. It just doesn't work any other way. The seeds you plant today will be the fruit you sow tomorrow. Galatians 6, 9 is our key verse. And I just want you guys just to leave it up there. I don't know if it's on there. If you could just leave it up the rest of the time. Um, Galatians 6, 9, we've all said it. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at a proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. I think it's so cool that Paul gives us a little pep talk there. He gives us a little, a little encouragement. Why? Because he knows that we might grow weary. And he says, hey, don't do it. Be careful. And keep, keep on. Don't give up. Keep. Why? Because it might get hard. But he's saying, don't do it. Hang on. Get the vision for the harvest. Get the vision for what's going to come. You keep sowing and you keep reaping, reaping and you get faithful to what God has called you to do. A little girl and her mother were planting a flower garden, and the mother carefully buried the seed in a neatly configured pattern until the phone rang. As she ran in the house to answer the phone, the little girl carefully continued planting the seeds. That is, until she spilt the tray of seeds. 
She was afraid of what her mother would say, so she quickly covered up the seeds with dirt, and she continued as if nothing had happened. And when the mother returned, she noticed that the seeding had proceeded unusually fast. And so she asked her daughter, were the instructions followed? And the daughter assured her, yes, Mommy, they were. But when spring arrived, oh, what a surprise sprung forth. (laughs) You know, we don't always know what our harvest is going to look like. We don't know what it's going to look like when we plant something. We, we don't know how it's going to turn out. We don't know what the plan of God is in it all. Sometimes we have a lot of questions. But we do know this. We know his word. We do know our God. We know that his promises are yes and amen. And we know that we can trust in the Lord through it all. Okay? So this pressure of producing the right harvest I don't want you to feel that today. I want you to be released from that pressure because you know what? God will take, he just says, you just be, you just be faithful and doing what you, don't grow weary in it. Just keep doing it. And I'll worry about the harvest. I'll worry about the turnout. Isn't that good? God is in control. Amen. So it's, it's been said that behind every great man is an even greater woman. And I believe her name is mom. I want to look today at three Bible examples that all have one thing in common. They all have mamas that prepared, that nurtured, that pruned throughout the seasons of life. And then they released their children into God's purposes with the harvest in mind. So let's, let's study these, these women. The first one's Jochebed. Jochebed is the mother of Moses. And you know the story well where Pharaoh had given orders to murder every baby boy at birth. And, and so this woman, Jochebed, took her son And she put him in a basket and made a boat out of it and and put it downstream. And the basket was found by Pharaoh's very own daughter. And so as she took him in and to raise him as her, her own, she said, I need someone who can come and take care of him for me. So she hired a woman named Jochebed. And what did Jochebed do? She taught Moses about God. Isn't that a cool story? And then we have Naomi. Naomi was the mother who had two sons who married foreign women. And when her husband and her sons had died, they left, she was left with only two daughter-in-laws. And so one of those daughter-in-laws decided to return home, and the other one was Ruth, and Ruth followed her. And Ruth was taught about God and his people through Naomi. And Ruth wanted, loved Naomi so much that she wanted to make her God her personal God. And then we have Hannah. Hannah's the mother of Samuel. We know that Samuel was a great prophet and a crucial part of biblical history. And we know a whole bunch about Samuel, but we don't know a whole bunch about Hannah. But we do know that Hannah um, prayed to conceive Samuel because she was barren. And, And so she prayed and she offered this prayer to the Lord. Lord, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. And you know what God did? And then Hannah did. And I could go on and on with stories just like this, but I want you to see here the common thread between these three. These seemingly insignificant women all raised heroes of the faith. How? Because they just showed their children how to live. They they just lived it out. They just did what they knew to do, and, and they served the Lord, and they just lived it out loud. You know, your greatest contribution to the kingdom of God today may not be something that you do, but it may be someone that you raise. You know, here's, so, here's Moses. 
Moses is able then to go and to lead the children of Israel to freedom and eventually to the promised land. You know the story. How? Because he had a mother who taught him to obey God no matter what. And then we can find Ruth in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. How did that happen? Because an obedient woman named Naomi stepped up and stepped in and mothered a young girl who needed a mom. And then we, we know the Samuel, Samuel prophet heard from the Lord. He heard from the Lord at a young age, and he was, even was wakened in the middle of the night. And, and how did he know? How did he recognize the voice of God? Because, because Samuel had a mama who had a prayer life. Come on, somebody. So we don't always know what God is up to, do we? We don't know what the results will be, but we know that we just have to be obedient with what he's called us to do where we're at. And God will take care of the harvest. We don't need to worry about it because it's his promise. So in this last season of harvest, it feels kind of like our work is done, doesn't it? I mean, we've raised our kids. There's a lot of value in that. There's a lot of purpose in that. But, but now what? Because now we move to that stage of friendship with our adult children, and, and we, we send them off to be responsible adults. But then what? But, but then what? And let me just tell you today and encourage you today, if you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan for your life. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. If you have breath in your lungs today, God has a plan for your life. You see, the harvest never expires. The harvest just keeps on going and keeps on recycling. So we just start again. We listen to that still small voice of the Spirit, that thing that he's put deep in our hearts, that he's planted there, that we know that he now wants to birth again. And these seasons keep recycling. So in this can be a really exciting time. This can be a really time of growth, a time of newness in your life. For, for me, this was a season that allowed me to start a ministry called Mentor to Mentor. A lot of you women in the house are part of that ministry. Because why? Because now I have more time. And I can give more time to that. So God's allowed that ministry to birth. Um, for John and I, and for many of you, this looks like an 11-week-old campus in Clearbrook, Virginia. Come on. This is what God does in this season of birthing. We're still an infant in that, and we're so excited about that, but we're going to go through those growing pains. I tell you what, that's been in our heart for a long time, years. And then God births it, and we take it through the process. So I ask you, what, what's it for you today? What, what new seed is God putting in you and asking you to birth and bring through the process? Maybe it's going back to school. Maybe it's getting that degree you always wanted, or, or maybe it's stepping out into something that God has put in your heart so long ago. Will you allow God to continue to birth that thing in you? You know, maybe it's leading a life group. Maybe it's, maybe it's volunteering in a ministry. You know, you're, it's never too late to sow good seed in the season that you are in right now. All we have to do is make a commitment to be faithful where God has planted us, and God is always faithful. Amen? He's always faithful to do his part. So we'd like to close today. I'm going to ask the girls to come forward, and if we could have the honor of having every woman in the house stand, we want to bless you. We want every woman, every woman in this place. Can, we, can you stand? Can we give it up for these gorgeous girls? Yes. Mm. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful.
we, we love you. We honor you. And if you can, we just want to extend our hands and we just want to bless you. If you're by one of these precious women, will you just touch, touch them? We just lay your hand on them. We just believe there's, there's power and agreement today. And I just want to release a blessing upon this house of, of women today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so Lord, we come, we ask, Father, that you would whisper encouragement, Lord, to every heart. Lord, every woman that is standing here, Lord, that you will fill her spirit, Lord, with perseverance through her current season. Lord, let her not grow weary, Lord, but Lord, release blessing and encouragement and perseverance, God, upon her in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that we will recognize our season we're in, that we will appreciate the gift of God that this season brings. And, Lord, we thank you for the harvest, Lord, that you have in store. And, and we thank you, Lord. We, we're excited about that harvest. May we be faithful, Lord, to the day of completion in that. Bless each one, Lord, standing right now, I pray. And even those that aren't, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that your purpose is that you've played it inside of us, Lord. I speak to them and ask them to come forth and come alive in the mighty name of Jesus. And we thank you, God. We worship your name. Amen. Amen.